Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Every week, fellow Textroverts and listeners, I pick the brain of somebody working in tech. I love this industry. I've been in this industry a long time. I love getting to know people. I'm going to hand the mic over to my guest of today. Jan, over to you. Hi, Martina. Thanks for having me. I'm Jan. I work at Microsoft as a new client solution manager in Microsoft Ads specifically. I've been in PPC for the past six years. I started Mm -hmm. as a junior PPC executive in agency side. I'm from the Lyon area, so it's like middle east of France, not too far from the sea. Perfect location. London is a bit more unpredictable, as in you wake up in the morning, it's sunny, and then (laughs) in the afternoon, you might get some snow at some point. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to Jan with all of the things happening in AI, etc. However, let's park that and get into these questions. Listeners, to remind you, we have a bank of 520 questions I like to call the buzz wheel. The wheel is proverbial. Jan gives me a letter between A and Z, of course, and a number between 1 and 20. There are 20 topics and 26 formats of question. Jan, let's kick this off. A letter and a number combo, please. T2. Two is the topic of travel, the Bermuda Triangle. For the listeners who may not be aware, the Bermuda Triangle is bounded by the southeastern coast of Bermuda and then the Greater Antilles. There's a mystery that people have been trying to solve for years and years. Unexplained modes of transport going missing. It's subject to frequent tropical storms and hurricanes. Some people write it off and they say, oh, you know, the ship will turn up somewhere. And of course it never does. Some people are really into it as a conspiracy theory. And I'm in that second camp of people. But Jan, I would love your theories on this area of the world. I like the idea of it. I've actually watched many videos on the subject. YouTube, conspiracy theories, I love it. (laughs) I've actually seen videos debunking it. If you track the number of boats that disappear at sea, you'll see that the Bermuda Triangle is quite low on the scales of things and that there are other parts of the world that have many more crashes. Ah, I hear you. So that we might romanticize the Bermuda Triangle, but actually there's a part of it. He's right, ladies and gentlemen. The first thing that came up said, Despite its reputation, the Bermuda Triangle does not have a high incidence of disappearances. They do not occur with greater frequency than any other comparable region in the Atlantic Ocean. Why is it so big then? It probably was more famous in history and then Mm. became like fantasies as a point of failure for all those boats and planes. And that's why we find it mystical, I guess. I love that you mentioned earlier that you sometimes get stuck in a YouTube rabbit hole looking at <laughs> conspiracy theories. I do as well. What are some things that you found on YouTube that have really got your mind going? The latest one that I thought was the most interesting was not on YouTube, it was on Netflix. I cannot remember the name of the guy, but he is like a journalist that is going after what archaeologists think as primordial knowledge. It cannot be untrue. He showed loads of examples that the first humans with technology appeared much before what we think and what the archaeologist community thinks. Graham uh, Hancock's Ancient Apocalypse. Yes, everything that happened before the big freeze. Human civilization and kind of like what the actual facts are. I like these things when they have the stats and dates to back it up, not just when it's theory. Did he uncover anything that you as the sort of viewer went away learning? I guess like in a lot of way, proof can be also a theory. 
are we dating with the right methods? I saw something about stalactites in caves, those spikes that hang down or that they hang up are supposedly made after like millions and millions of years. And I recently watched a video about pipes in the cities like London, mm-hmm. which has those formation in yeah. 50 years. So they were saying that, are we doing this right? Because all of these could have been done with pressure. Let's say that those caves were not mm-hmm. actually caves, but underwater caves, and that mm. there was a lot of currents that could have been yeah. created much faster. They're not millions of years old exactly. as we think. Exactly, they could yeah. be thousands of years old. That's terrifying in a way because we've hinged the Big Bang Theory on specific dates and things happening. With AI and just everything we're finding out about the world with more knowledge, we could probably uncover things that completely disprove humankind. I want to know if we actually went to the moon. I've tried to dig into that so many times. Why was the flag blowing? There's no (laughs) air up there. I don't know if in our lifetime we'll uncover it, but maybe with ChatGPT or Bard, we'll find out. Loved going down that rabbit hole with you there, Jan. Can I please have another letter and number combo? M17. M17. Okay. This is the category of routine for number 17. And the question here under M is, should coffee be consumed before or after you've brushed your teeth in the morning? I do it after. I think it's just a routine habit. I get up, I shower, and I brush my teeth while I shower. Maybe on a (laughs) weekend, I'll do it before. But for me, there's a time of day. I would get up between 6.30 and 7. I wouldn't get a coffee before 7.38. Why I'm surprised there is because I get up about 5.30 for the gym in the morning. My pre-workout, as it were, is an espresso. And I'll sometimes put some water in it and make it a long black. Now, I can go without it, but now it's become such a routine that I would miss it. But you wait. So when you get up, do you have maybe like some water or some tea or something else? I don't consume much of anything in the morning. Even when I was a kid, I wouldn't snack before it was lunchtime. And nowadays, I do a bit more. Like if Mm -hmm. I go to the office, I'll get a coffee and a croissant on the way kind of thing. But at home, in the morning, I'll start my coffee at around 8, 8.30. Now, actually, I'm trying to cut down on coffee because I've noticed that I'm actually an addict. Was it interfering with your sleep or you just were relying on it a little bit too much? You know what? Until recently, I always thought I could cut coffee all the time. And I think (laughs) it it came from a Mr. Beast video on Mm -hmm. YouTube. He locked in parents and kids together. And after two days, parents were like, oh, I need coffee. And in my (laughs) mind, I was like, just two days? I don't come on. And then I thought about it. And the more I thought about it, and it was like, I never not have coffee any day of the week. So I tried to cut down on the morning coffee. Instead, I drink hot lemon. But I struggle. Like if I go to the office, I'll have coffee with the colleagues. I feel like the pandemic was really useful for just getting back to zero. What are my habits and what do I need to address? then we were returning to office and it all went to shit. (laughs) But yeah, no, it is good to kind of reframe and refresh. Jan is super disciplined and makes me want to go off and put something in my planner, guys. I mean, I Uh, you you know what? I feel like you're way ahead of me because I used to run at some point and used to wake Mm. up at 5.30 as well and go running until the novelty of my watch tracking system (laughs) faded away and I just just was not into it anymore. Which one do you have, by the way? I started with a Samsung watch. And then I had a second Samsung watch and I'm, uh-huh. I'm still on that watch, but I just yeah. don't run anymore. Uh, yeah. After a while, you're like, oh, whatever. I'm not going yeah, <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. I think I stopped once during the winter and then <laughs> I tried again once or twice. And then I was just like, this is not cool and new anymore. Well, that's it. But then life is about bouncing back, ups and downs. I love that we can stop and start and change things and nothing is ever set in stone. So definitely learning to be more flexible and versatile with myself. And Jan sounds like he is similar in that vein. 
Yeah, and this has been amazing. I've loved getting to know you a little bit over the course of these questions. Sadly enough, though, it is time for me to ask for the final letter and number combination. U9. U9. Okay. Ooh, so one of our favorite topics on Text Reverts, which has come up many a time before, but always with a different question, is the topic of astrology. The question here is, who from popular culture would you guess had the same star sign as you without knowing? So this depends very uh, highly on whether you're into zodiac signs and astrology. <laughs> what star sign are you, Jan? I'm a Cancer. I don't know much about astrology itself. Okay, so you know your own personality, you know what you like, you know what you don't like. Let's flip the switch here. Any personality types that you specifically do not get along with? Yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly keen on the likes of people like Trump. You better hope he's not a cancer. Let me have a look. Oh, he's a Gemini. Elon Musk is a cancer. Do you relate to uh, Elon Musk at all? No, I think he's a pretty shitty person, but <laughs> there's no denial that he's a genius. This is such a polarizing answer because I really yeah. respect SpaceX, Tesla, PayPal. I don't like what he did at Twitter. But I understand he has strong business acumen, so he knows what he's talking about. And one could argue that Twitter is still operating as a business yeah, model. I was, with everything. I was just reading about it yesterday yeah. that he cut more than 50% of the employees and still Ooh, went fine. Painful. So yeah. there's something there that has to be said, really. That's it. As a so, man, he's not someone I, that you... Yeah, I think he's the kind of person that expects everyone to be like him, which is not inclusive. And obviously, like... If he wants to sleep at the Tesla factory with the Tesla employees, then good for him. But don't expect people with family yeah. to do it kind of thing. That was awful. Those pictures of mattresses in the offices and people yeah, are no. like, I don't want to give anybody from where I work or where you work ideas. Um, no, no. So let's move on. Uh, Jan is definitely not like Elon Musk. He's a great guy. Elon Musk is questionable. We're at the juncture in the podcast that I like to call Sage Advice. For the listeners to refresh their memories, I ask the guest to give us something that has helped push them along that they could share back to you to help inspire you. So Jan, would love to hand the mic to you for your sage advice, please. Being curious and don't get stuck behind the imposter syndrome. When I started as a PPC executive, I used to very much doubt myself. And I think curiosity is where you meet your goal of beating that syndrome. If you're curious enough to actually go beyond what is asked of you, whatever time you have during your workday that you're not working, research what you're actually doing, because that's how you're going to learn. And then you'll be at a point where you forgot that you ever had that syndrome. Yeah, and you're the perfect extrovert. Thank you so much <laughs> for spending this time sharing you. your story and letting us get to know you. It was a pleasure. I had a blast. Amazing. And we'll leave it there. Thanks, Yan.